Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme, recorded live on stage and without notes. I'm your host, Jessica Holmes. Today, we shall be redeemed with our January 2012 theme, Redemption, Stories of the Comeback. First up, featured storyteller Greg Duffy recovers the language of connection after a fall. Yeah, I wrote this story about four years ago. Even as a rough draft, I knew it was a damn good story. (laughs) I printed up copies. I took them to friends, and they agreed. Oh, except for one. She uh, read it, and then she came back and slapped me. (laughs) She said that I didn't warn her that uh, it was going to make her cry. So you've been warned, so leave me alone. Okay. Uh, But, uh, yeah, you see, my story was about a real problem I had. And... uh, it was difficult, it was depressing, and embarrassing at the same time. And I can actually say that it was so devastating to me that I really couldn't talk about it. Uh, finally, after years, about six months ago, I heard of some people that might be able to help, so I went to see them. I started an alternative kind of therapy, and by golly, it worked. Uh, they'd say they were just doing their job. I called it a miracle. And uh, so I guess... Uh, under the idea of redemption, I want to let you know that four years ago, I couldn't have been on a stage. I couldn't have been telling this story. But now, tonight, I'm here, and I'm talking about it, and this is my story. Yeah, I was reading the paper one morning, and uh, my wife turned to me, and she said, your behavior is scaring the children, and you need to talk to them. <laughs> I, I'm a chimney sweep. Being a chimney sweep, that's a dangerous, dirty job, but it's also a job I love. Well, I was going up to clean a chimney on a, it was a two-story building, but I didn't get that far. Before I got to the roof line, the uh, ladder slipped on the ice, and I fell off, and then the ladder came down on top of me. On top of shattering my foot, the uh, ladder cracked my skull, and I was rushed off to the hospital. Uh, Yeah, this was life flight and everything. The doctors didn't think I was going to make it, and uh, they held on to me for a few weeks, quite a few weeks, actually. Well, when they sent me home, I was healing up pretty good. You know, that shattered foot, after a couple more weeks, I was uh, walking without a cane, so I put put that away. Yeah, well, then something happened, you know, and it wasn't much. I was just talking to this friend, and uh, in the middle of my sentence, one of the words I was saying just disappeared. I mean, it was only one word, but it really shocked me. So I stopped, I started my sentence over, and I included the missing word, and I went on. So, like I say, it wasn't much. Then it happened again, and again, and again. Actually, things were changing. Uh, This wasn't the occasional missing word anymore. I was starting to stutter. Well, I should give you some perspective on that. You see, now and then I'd have a good day, and for me on a good day, I sounded normal, I didn't stutter. But more often, I'd have one of my other days. And on my other days, uh, you might notice I sounded a little nervous or maybe talking a little slow. Well, that's because I never did know when a word was going to disappear and the stuttering was going to start. Oh, and then there were my bad days. You see, in my bad days, I could hardly talk at all. Yeah, so I used to stay home so I wasn't stuttering in public. Oh, wait, no, my wife was saying something about 
talking to the kids, scaring them and such. I need to, need to address that. So anyway, I was reading the paper. So I looked up and I said, KK. Yeah, you see, uh, K is my quick answer for everything. Now, you might prefer something like OK. But there is this nice round sound, O in OK. And that was a bit more command of the language than I had that morning, so I used K to get my point across. Yeah, but that sounds too abrupt. I mean, like a burp or a hiccup. Yeah, so I find if I string two of them together, if I say KK, it still gives me some illusion that I'm speaking in a complete sentence. But this drew my attention to something that I've been missing. See, I get so focused on my trouble talking that I have to admit that I didn't, hadn't even noticed that I was upsetting the kids. Well, my wife, she doesn't say anything more, but really, she doesn't have to. I know that on these strings of bad days with my nearly constant stuttering that I'm not just scaring the kids, I'm scaring her too. Well, I folded up my paper and I left. Yeah, I went out to the hardware store. You see, I can go through a hardware store without having to talk at all. I mean, sure, a clerk's gonna come up and ask if they can help me, but I can still get out a no-no and keep going. Yeah, but you know what's tough? It's the bank. They know me at the bank, but they knew me before my accident, before the stuttering. So I always save a little extra cash, and that way I only go to the bank on my good days. Yeah, but on that day, man, I just needed to go somewhere and think. Now, you know, I used to get together with friends. You know, I had a problem, I talked to them. But knowing that my side of the conversation was going to be nothing but stuttering, I don't need that. That's not going to help. Now, but there was this new coffee shop that opened on the other side of town. Well, I figured if I went there, no one would know me. So I went, and it was a nice place. Yeah, the clerk asked, what can I get you? Well, I said, what, 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 what is, is, is day coffee? And she said, the coffee of the day is Guatemalan. And of course, I said, KK. And she said, what size? I said, b -b 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 big. And she said, one tall Guatemalan coming right up. And she walked away. When I watched her go, I thought, yeah, she's young. She's about the age of my daughter, Lizzie. Yeah, I talk to myself sometimes. I get this kind of soft voice. So I was standing there, and what I said was, is, 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 is pretty lady. And right after that, I said, damn. And I looked up, and the clerk was coming back, and she said, I'm sorry, did you say something? And I said, no, no. <laughs> well, I was embarrassed. I took my coffee, and I went to the back, mainly to hide. The clerk turned her attention to the other people that just came in. And You see, if, if I was going to stutter the rest of my life, I just... I wish it would sound, I don't know, interesting or exotic. You know, like a, like a foreign accent. <laughs> yeah, but to blurt out is pretty lady, I mean, it just makes me feel creepy. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I came to think about my problem, and really, it's pretty simple. This shouldn't take long. No, I need to talk to my kids, yes. Oh, but wait. No, how do you talk about, well, about not being able to talk? And what do you say when you... Well, when you, when you can't say. All of a sudden, I realized it was tougher than I thought. I wasn't coming up with any answers. I knew I was there a long time because my coffee had turned cold. Well, I just had to get out of there. I left. I just did anything I could to keep myself busy, keep my mind off of things. I didn't get home till late afternoon. Yeah, I walked in the house, and there was my daughter, Lizzie. She's sitting on the couch reading a magazine. So I came in. I sat down. You know, it was all coming together. And I needed to talk to the kids. There's Lizzie. Oh, yeah, I didn't have a plan. 
So I just sat there. But you know, it doesn't take long before the silence just starts driving you crazy. So finally I turned to her and I said, Lizzie, I, 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 say, I, I say you something. And she said, sure, Dad, what's up? I said, sometimes I don't talk so good. But, but I, I want you to know, in, 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 inside, in, inside is, is, is me. Well, Lizzie put down her magazine long enough to roll her eyes and say, well, gee, Dad, I know that. <laughs> and I just sat there and I thought, that's it? I mean, that's, that's all? I've been spending all day worrying about what to say, what to make the kids believe it would be, everything would be okay. Turns out Lizzie's the one who's reassuring me. And you know, I was having so much trouble getting my words out that she didn't even notice that, well, that was the time that my, my heart was breaking. Yeah, I patted her on the knee when I got up to leave. And I was walking away, you know, I started to talk to myself again. Yeah, I was walking away, I said, is, 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 is me. Okay, is, is, is me. Is me. No more bad days, okay? Speak to your memory at the Story Story Studio, held the third Monday of every month, with trained guides to take you through the story journey of your own experience. Then, when you're up for it, take your story to the big stage. Story Story Night is always accepting new submissions for upcoming themes or for just your best story. Email stories to story at storystorynight.com. Next up, Emma Arnold receives a dose of maternal payback. I was not going to put my name in the hat because you're going to see me in March, but I just got in here and I got so excited. <laughs> And I, I'm here with my mom and my Aunt Gail, and yay, and they, this is their first story story night. And of course, I then, when I heard everybody's stories, I thought, oh my gosh, I have a, a good redemption story. I was a horrible teenager. I know, this is really shocking, because I seem like such a nice, well-behaved person now, but I was really bad, and I could tell you all the horrible things I did, but my sweet Aunt Gail is in the audience. So let's just leave it at like the worst you could think of, so much worse. And one of the things that sticks out the worst in my mind, and there was boys and there were things <laughs> imbibed. And, but one of the worst things, one of the things that sticks out in my memory as like the worst thing I did to my mother was she was so supportive. She was such a good mom, so kind, so patient. She had four daughters, and I was the third, so she had already been through, you know, she had like that thousand-yard stare already by the time I was 13. And she was so supportive, though, and I, you know, I was the kind of kid who one week I wanted to play um, hockey, and I, I got me all the gear, and then I was like, eh, I don't really want to play hockey anymore. But she'd come to every game, and she would be so supportive, and so I decided I wanted to play tennis in the ninth grade, and she was so supportive and got me a new tennis racket and got me lessons and I started and I, was, I really only joined the team because there was cute boys, but I started playing tennis and at our first match, she showed up with my little brother to support me and to say, you know, cheer for me and instead of being like, thank you, wow, you came to my tennis game, what a good mom, I, being 14 or 15, was like, oh my gosh, 
What are you doing here? You're so embarrassing. I hate you. Why are you here? Oh my God. You're ruining my life. Oh my God. And I was such a jerk. And I was like, leave, leave. Oh my God, go. And I remember ordering her to the car, like, just get in the car and go. I swear to God. I was awful. It was so awful. And of course, this is like one of probably a million stories. She's probably sitting over there going like, well, that wasn't even that bad. That was... <clears throat> that, that's the thing you're apologizing for? Really? Okay. So, so I have my own kids now. Yeah. And my middle son, Henry, was born a teenager. I remember breastfeeding him at two weeks old, and he would look up at me and then go, What is that? I made you food from my own body. <laughs> I don't... So I already knew I was kind of in for it with him. So my redemption, I think, came... So I have, I have apologized for the tennis incident numerous times and been like, I'm sorry, we were so horrible. I'm sorry. But I don't feel like my real true moment of redemption came until my son was six years old. Henry was six years old. And I put him in karate, and he was good at karate, he likes to kick and punch stuff, so he just kind of was a natural. And we went to, I went to go to his little graduation, like, you know, he got the next color belt, I don't know, black probably, because he's awesome, but <laughs> no, I think it was like yellows after white or something, so he got, like, they do a little ceremony, and they, you know, they sit with, like, the sensei or whatever, and they do a thing, and it's very, it's very sweet, and when I came in and sat down, I could see him in the back, and I'm like, Henry, I love you, buddy, and he was like, oh my god, you are so embarrassing, leave, go to the car, go to the car, go to the car. And during the break, like, because they did a little, they did, you know, they showed us their punching and their kicking. And then in the break, I'm, I'm like, I'm so proud of you. I'm such a good mom. I'm so proud of you. I put you in karate. You're good at it. I love you. And he's like, I just really want you to go. I'm, I am begging you, would you please just go? And I went inside the car. <laughs> Thank you. Join Emma, our first host for the first show for our new Story Story Late Nights, on March 14th for Naked Stories at the Visual Arts Collective. Learn more at storystorynight.com. Thank you for listening. Story Story Night is brought to you by fearless leaders Jessica Holmes, that's me, and Anna Dimitriadis, as well as story seeker Zach Borman and studio guides Elizabeth McKetta and Kate Riley. Theme song, music, and podcast production are by the redeeming Dan Costello. Hear more at hearcostello.com. Our partners include Boise State Public Radio and Neighborhood All-Stars. A big thanks goes out to our story think tank, volunteer coordinator Kylie Krill, and fabulous volunteers. Join us on the podcast next week for an exclusive teaser story for Breakup. Learn more at storystorynight.com.